I'm Elliot Malkin, and this is The People. Most people think hypnosis is the kind of thing that they've seen in a cabaret act, where somebody is barking like a dog and doesn't even know it. If you've ever gone to a movie and you've gasped at the screen along with everybody else, that's hypnosis. You know perfectly well it's flickering lights. Furthermore, it never happened to you. The deeper consciousness doesn't know the difference between what you imagine and what's real. And I mean that. I'm Maxine Sitkovsky. I do some hypnosis. I do neurolinguistic programming. And I have a great deal of fun with my clients. If I were to ask you to think about a really ripe lemon, one fresh from a tree, not one of these waxy rocks from the supermarket, and imagine it in your hand, tender and very smooth, and you can feel the oil on the skin. Imagine cutting it in half and having it seep sticky and sour between your fingers. Cut a slice and just place it around on your tongue. Don't bite. Put your attention, Elliot, on the texture of the bright yellow zest, the white peel, the pulp, and the pits. That's right. Now gently shift your attention to the taste of that zest, the mild bitterness of the white peel, the pulp, and the pits. My mouth is watering. I've done this millions of times with people on the phone, with new clients, and now with you. Not only is my mouth watering, I've changed the chemistry of my saliva and my digestive tract for a lemon that is nowhere to be seen in this office. And this is what we do all day long. Mm -hmm. When we decide to worry about whether we're going to make a meeting on time, or whether our kids are doing okay, or anything else, a project that you're working on. You anticipate all the negative things and you experience them as though they're happening. If I were to ask you to imagine another you sitting in the chair over there, could you do it? I mean, I already started to. Exactly. And that's a light hallucination. What was that? My phone. Oh. Do you want to take a moment to yes, deal I with would, that? Yes, I would because um, that's okay. I, I'm cruelly canceling her. Okay. Where were we? Um, can we talk about a fear that I have? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm having a kid. Oh, congratulations. And that's the good news and the bad that's news. That's the good news. My wife is due December 4th. It's our first kid. Sagittarius. Uh, okay, what does that mean? It's my sign. I'm, I'm December 9. Is that relevant to NLP? No. It's an interaction of all of the planets, if you believe in any of it. And it's fun to consider. That's all. Okay. So I'm having a Sagittarius, a boy Sagittarius. And and I'm watching your physiology contract as you speak. Your muscles are going... I do feel a little bit more contracted, actually. As I said, I, I, I'm trained to observe physiology. Well, what I'm afraid of is what I hear... And what I've seen about two- and three-year-old children being kind of maniacal. And how would that be so terrible? I'm afraid of being dominated by that. So the issue at hand really is you losing your freedom. I'd like you to notice that first, this hasn't happened yet. This may or may not happen. In Number two, not every child becomes a monster. And some of them have monster moments. Remember, people are not their behaviors. And that includes the little boy that you're going to fall madly in love with in two months. What do you mean people are not their behaviors? They're not. A perfectly decent person may have driven drunk once. 
a perfectly miserable human being might have had mercy on someone and given a homeless man a meal. People are not their behaviors. Their behaviors are just something they did. They're not their beliefs and values. Example, years ago, I failed to show up when I was supposed to meet a friend of mine in the Bronx at Lomans on a Saturday afternoon to go shopping. And when I called her, she was livid and shrieking for five minutes. When she was done, I said, are you quite finished? I was just mugged at knife point in the subway, beaten, my bag ripped in half, and the police took me to the hospital. Sorry, I didn't make it. I wasn't my behavior, but from her point of view, that was the reality until she had more information. Okay. I want you to elaborate on that, but first I want to back up to the beginning again. Sure, sure, sure. Where are you from? I'm from Passaic, New Jersey. What was Passaic like as a place to grow up? It was an immigrant town. My grandparents were all from Poland. On my mother's side, they had been livestock. You know, serfs were livestock. My mother's father was sold into the coal mines in Pennsylvania. Do you think you inherited any of the trauma from your ancestors? I believe that that's probably true of everybody. I also inherited the moxie. How do you think that gets transmitted, whether it be moxie or trauma? I think that there are a lot of different mechanisms for transmitting. First, it's beliefs and presuppositions that will be handed down in language. Even if they're not explicitly recognized? Often they're more powerful when they're not explicitly recognized. They're spoken of as metaphor or as, again, presuppositions in language that you have to unpack. How is that possible that they're more powerful when they're not explicit? When something is peripheral instead of explicit, you don't have a handle on it. Why do you think advertisers want to have the billboard behind home plate? You don't consciously go, oh, that's a tobacco ad or that's the beer ad. But you're taking it in when you're going, oh, wow, the batter is up and it's peripheral. Okay. It's more powerful because you are not sorting it out or sorting it in. You're just absorbing it. So you've basically been in this profession since the 80s. Yeah. How has it evolved in that time? When I first started out, I was a fashion designer. I didn't know I had any business being this. And like everybody else, I had gotten stuck. I was angry at my boss. I was angry at my boss from the moment I got up in the morning to when I went to sleep at night. And he had me in a circumstance where I had to ask permission of the bookkeeper in order to buy $20 worth of buttons. Kill me now. I'm used to people just hiring me, throwing me a platinum card and saying, okay, how soon can you leave for Asia? And let us know when the line's ready. Not mother, may Mm -hmm. I, and I have to explain myself and write it out in triplicate for everything. But that's irrelevant. That's content. Structure is what this is about. Structure. And the structure was me reliving this again and again and again vividly because I have an excellent imagination. It's the good news and it's the bad news, okay? So I went to a a lecture on NLP and I had just come back from a vacation in Kenya ballooning over the Masai Mara during the wildebeest vacation. That was peak experience for me, floating over millions of wildebeest. So it was, okay, see Peter's face, wildebeest. Peter's face, ballooning, Peter's face, ballooning. I was switching the two back and forth so quickly that they neutralized each other. When it was over, which was literally a matter of minutes, it was 
Peter's a jerk, so what? So why do you think NLP is not highly regarded? Because very early on, there are a lot of people who were using it for sales, who were using it for teaching young men speed seduction with hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming. This to me is repulsive, and it's repulsive to most people. Every chiropractor is going to manipulate you. A massage therapist is going to manipulate you. I manipulated you to imagine a lemon and experience it physically in your mouth. That's manipulation. Exploitation is my using you. And this can be used to use you. It's a matter of whether you're ethical as a human being or not. 